What's good, y'all? Welcome to In the Deep, a deeply focused fantasy baseball podcast, part of the Pitcherless Podcast Network. My name is Jordan White, and I'm joined here once again by my good friend and co-host, Christopher Schwebsey Weber, and also apparently uh, someone decided to literally just start mowing their lawn and weed whacking. Uh, so if you hear that throughout the episode, I apologize. Is that is that Kyle Gibson? Whacking weeds? Sorry, th- that that's, that's a joke only for people who listen to... Uh, <laughs> Oh, uh, oh my God! I'm blanking. A sleeper in the bus. That is a sleeper in the bus joke. So, if you're one of the few people who probably listened to that and this, then you totally thought that was funny. Cross company <laughs> synergy here with sleeper in the bus. Shout out Paul Spore. Shout out. Oh my God, Justin Mason. I almost Justin forgot Justin. I almost forgot <laughs> Justin's name. What in the world? Okay. Anyways, hi everyone. Welcome, welcome back to another episode of the Absolute Nightmare Show, starring Schwebzy and Jordan. Uh, Why don't we start over? <laughs> no, we're not going to start over. We're running with it. This is this is happening. All right, fine. We're, we're we're keeping this. We're, they're getting the full show of how insane we actually are when we actually record this. We've never cut, done a second take. I do. Do you know the number of times we have like messed up and I've actually edited stuff out? We've definitely done second takes. I just don't want to do it anymore. I'm over it. It's off season. It's kind of loose. We don't have to be super tight anymore. Um, we're 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 famous enough now. We don't have to we don't have to fix our mistakes. Yes, that's exactly why I'm not fixing the mistakes. <laughs> uh, anyways, uh, welcome back everyone to another episode. Thank you very much for joining us. Uh, just going to do the business at the top like we usually do. If you want to follow us on social media, be sure to follow us on our Twitter account at in the DPL, and then also individually, you can follow myself Jordan at Bunt Singles, and then Schwebzy at his namesake Schwebzy. That's S H W E B S I. Also. We have a mailbag. Be sure to send us any questions you have there to in the deep PL at gmail.com. We also, in our pinned tweet on our Twitter page, have a Google form that you can submit mailbag questions to as well, or just general feedback for the podcast, which a couple of people did between our last episode and now. Shout out to uh I believe I'm just I'm just gonna assume that it's Josh Ferry who asked us when we're gonna talk about Kyle Wright, which I mean could could also be K. It could also be K. It could be K as well. Thank you, Eleven uh, or Sperry, whichever one of you actually submitted that question. Uh, and then the other person who said that we shouldn't record on school nights because they want to watch the stream. Uh, actually, Shrubsy, when are we going to get back to streaming? I'm just going to talk about this on the podcast. Yeah, you know, the, this is a conversation I was totally prepared for. Um <laughs> Well, so yeah, I I mean, I figure uh, once once we get back to a weekly schedule and we actually know when each week we will be recording, that's when we'll do it. So I'm assuming uh, roughly January. Yeah, just about then. I would assume too. I mean, yeah, we're just kind of a recording as schedules allow right now. Like especially with the holidays coming up, we're talking about like, I mean, I have like friends giving stuff tonight, and then Shrubsy's doing stuff with the in laws this evening as well. So I know that we have like things going on for the next couple of weeks. So our recording time is always kind of in flux so once we get back on a normal schedule and a normal recording uh situation we'll probably be starting up the stream again uh speaking of schwebzy what, yeah. what are your holiday plans aside for like i know you're going to hang out with the in-laws tonight what else are you up to uh so my my preferred holiday plans are to uh never leave the house and uh ne- never never leave my office usually but uh, because I'm married now, I have to actually do things and uh, participate in family events. So uh, I will be going to a oh, so next weekend we'll be doing or, or Thursday, Thursday rather, we'll be doing uh, Thanksgiving with my in-laws. And uh, we, we do we do the whole splitting holidays thing. So it's Thanksgiving with the in-laws, Christmas with my fam. Nice. So 
I dig it. Yeah. Yeah. There's always that trade off with my family too. I know like Thanksgiving is a bigger thing for my dad's side of the family, but then we usually have Christmas stuff with mom's side. So similar situation. What is your, Shabzi, I got to ask, what is your favorite uh, Thanksgiving food? Like, I know there's a lot of like traditional ones and stuff like that. Do you have like a top tier thing that you like to eat more than anything else? So I don't like a particular dish. I just like the Thanksgiving meal. I have a system and uh, I get made fun of for this system. You say I have a, okay. I have, I have a system this, this is the, at Thanksgiving clear, time. To be clear, this is the first that I have heard of this. So I'm interested yeah, to hear yeah. what this is. So basically I, I will have two plates at every Thanksgiving dinner. And that is the savory plate and the sweet plate. And the savory plate is turkey, mashed potatoes, gravy. And then the sweet plate is turkey, cranberry sauce, sweet potatoes. And that I, I have to have though that ah. group of food at every Thanksgiving. Okay. I, I honestly I, I I kind of appreciate the just the process there. I, I I like how you're kind of separating things out, but also like for me, I do have some pushback for you on this because I know there's like savory and sweet plate, but like I really think there's something to be said about a really good combination of both being present all at the same time, which is why like I'm a big proponent of like the Thanksgiving leftover just like burrito, which is like you just take everything that you have left over from whatever Ooh. your meal was and you just kind of mix it all together and then throw it into a tortilla and then put that thing right on like a cast iron and just go to town. Like that's that's my move. I love I love leftovers from Thanksgiving. That's probably my favorite. I think that individually my favorite food is probably stuffing though. So ooh, stuffing. So I like stuffing depending on what's in it. What what is like, what's, what's a I'm, deal breaker for you on stuffing? I am picky. Uh I I'm I'm iffy about onions, so when onions are in stuffing, I'm out. Sorry. Onions. I, you're making a face of me. I'm onions. so sorry. It's like onions. Most, it's like in everything though. It's in ev I know it's in everything it's and in I everything. hate it. That's so crazy. Yeah. Uh just so everyone knows this is a fantasy baseball podcast. Um <laughs> Oh yeah, that's right. <laughs> Even though we haven't talked about fantasy baseball yet. Uh but this is going to be a Thanksgiving themed episode. We're going to talk about later in the episode some of the stuff that we're thankful for in regards to the fantasy baseball community, who and what's. Um we'll get to that get to that later on. Um but we're actually going to start by recapping. Okay, to be honest, I think there might have been more of these. We just did an incredibly terrible job at keeping notes, and I actually don't know what episodes we talked about them in, and I wasn't going to go back and listen to everything. So we're going to talk about the board bets that we made before the 2021 season uh, and see who fared better, which, a uh, spoiler alert, I did. I did really, really well. I, I think if, if there were more, I would want to know because I did so abysmally in these. Yeah. I, I, and I, I'm just grasping at straws here. Shrubsy, I, I, I hope there were more. Shrubsy got there were worked. definitely Yeah, no, there were 100% more, and I definitely did better on them. Mm, we just can't find them. Yeah, yep. I mean... Yeah. <laughs> it, was, it, was, it was pretty much a clean sweep for me, but I mean... There was also a lot of bad luck on Shrubsy's side with a lot of it and a little bit of good luck on mine as well. Like, I mean, the the most notable one that we, I think, mentioned multiple times last year was the J.D. Davis versus Austin Riley board bet, which, I mean, Austin Riley got MVP votes this past year. Like, he had an abs absurdly good season, hitting over 300. Like, I mean, part of a really, really strong Atlanta offense. Uh, and J.D. Davis struggled with hand-wrist injuries. 
throughout the season. Which are always you? tough on a hitter. Yeah, exactly. So uh, that was a pretty clean sweep. So I did win the who is going to have a better five category season between Austin Riley and J.D. Davis. Austin Riley ran away with that one handily. Um, but yeah. yeah, like I forgot to take into consideration LOL Mets because J.D. Davis had that hand wrist injury and it was nagging all year. And the doctors told him, oh, yeah, like it's it'll be healed with rest. And then he got surgery like as soon as the season ended. It's miserable. Yeah, that's not fun. Yeah. Mets uh, historically not great at handling player injury. Anything. Well, yeah, that oh, too. Yeah. Right. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, uh, we also had we'll, we'll go to one that you won. How about that? We'll go to one that you won next before I sweep the, the rest of one. Yes. Yeah. So I did. Uh, Shrubsy bet me that the trio of Casey Mize, Tarek Skubal, and uh, Matt Manning would not get 25 wins this year, which he was correct about, unfortunately. A little luck on my side here. Sort of. Yeah, it was a lot of it was because they were limiting the innings of. uh, Right. Mize and Skubal. Yeah, Mize and Skubal both towards the end of the season. So they never actually were put in a position where they could get a win, which was really unfortunate. Matt Manning just was not. Matt Manning. Was not what I. He I, limited his own innings. I thought that Matt Manning was going to have the best year out of any of them at the beginning of 2021, yeah. and that proved to be absolutely not the case. Um, so that was pretty pretty awful. Um, but yeah, so Schwabzi did win this one. I think they ended up getting like what, like was it 17 wins, 19 wins, or something like that combined? Yeah, something like that. I don't remember exactly so. what the total was, but yeah. So there's that. Uh, and then obviously we just had award season rolled around. So we had like rookie of the years announced. We had relievers of the year announced, things like that. So we made bets on rookies of the year in the preseason of 2021. And I said, for, we'll start with AL rookie of the year. I said Randy Rosarena was going to win it. I can't remember who you picked for. I picked, I picked Nick Madrigal. You, I was oh, leaning. Did. Re- yeah. I was going real life value over fantasy value because oh, yeah, of course. I think. I think Nick Madrigal has like a stupidly high war floor just because he's going to put the bat on the ball constantly, play really strong defense. And I I felt like it was just going to wind up giving him like a four war season at the end of the year. I don't know. Like, I, I feel like he's pretty similar to like Nico Horner in that way, except even more extreme with the contact and uh, well, less power. Than, yeah, uh, for Horner. sure. Yeah, I think the power like, the I, power ceiling is higher for Horner, but yeah, like I like just from a pure contact perspective, definitely. Yeah. So, but and I I, I have previously complained to you about this. I would have picked a Rosarena. That is true. I did get first pick on this. You got one. to it first. You got first pick on the NL Rookie of the Year, which is yeah, how I think we and, worked uh, that. So thank you. Uh, wrist injury here also to yeah. Brian Hayes. Lots of wrist injuries, just like dooming Schwebzy here. Uh, Spe- yeah, he, specifically so for, to players I so love. Obviously, with the AL Rookie of the Year, I did win because I picked Randy Rosarena. He ended up winning it. Uh, was who came in second in the AL race? Uh, second was Luis Garcia. Third was Wander Franco. Okay, that's what I thought. I wasn't sure if Franco had a. Uh, had uh taken second there as well but uh anyways no, so no. yeah with the nl rookie of the year shrubsy voted for cabrian hayes which if he had a full healthy year like he i think would have been in the running for sure without a question he didn't even get a vote nope he did not get a vote um jonathan india ended up winning it but the person that i picked ian anderson ended up fifth in the voting and he did get votes so technically we're counting this as a win for me uh 
he didn't win the rookie of the year so it's kind of like a like a half win i would count this as like a half point really for being completely honest but i did that, fair, would, that would still give you two and a half to my one <laughs> two and a half to one still yes. a significant victory yes so i did end up winning the board bets uh we're also going to be doing board bets i don't know when exactly we're gonna have like a board bet slash bold predictions episode probably at some point during the off season don't know when that's going to be um so we'll do a better job at taking notes this time and make sure that we have all of these unlocks that way we can keep track also schwebzy uh do we remember what the what the also it's hilarious to me that this is a punishment for schwebzy because this man i don't know how i got talked into this but basically like everyone should know this at this point if you've listened to most of the episodes is that i am a not meat eater i'm vegan uh and schwebzy is the the biggest meat eater Dude, I, I just told you I don't eat onions. Yeah, I know. And I have to make you so something. So imagine how nervous this makes Wait, okay. me. Do you, do you like just, un, do you just hit onion period? Like in every, every uh, single onion. form? Powder is fine. Powder is fine? Okay. What if I did, what if I did like super, oh, well, let's, let's what, f- what if I did like super, okay. So anyway, so the board bet was that I would have yes, to make yeah. Schwebzy a vegan meal and he would have to eat it and enjoy it. <laughs> Which or, well, isn't really me, hard because I'm an amazing cook. Like that's not me just like tooting my own horn. I actually am a very good cook. Uh, I've worked no, in multiple I thought you were going to give me a recipe to cook myself, give it because of the logistics. Oh, I mean, well, I was hoping that at some point I would actually get to visit you in person and make you a meal. I mean, that would also be dope. I could have done this when you were in, in Milwaukee, but, um, but yeah. So I have to make Schwebzy a vegan meal, and he has to eat it, which I'm going to make him probably my vegan burger, which I can give him. So okay, a caramelized onion. How do you feel about it? Like a really like sweet caramelized onion. Like it's a texture thing for me. It's a texture thing. What if it's like incorporated with like something else? We can just omit it completely. It's fine. We don't need it. I'm thinking omit. Okay, fine. We can we can omit that. We, we can we can figure out the specifics later. The point is, hey, so- I am going to be forced. To eat, eat against my my dietary restrictions, which are my restrictions are to only ever eat meat. But uh, I'm gonna make yeah. I'm gonna make him the best burger he's ever had. I don't know. Have you have you watched Parks and Rec? I've not I've not watched all of it. No, I've I've seen like uh, episodes. A, I haven't watched the whole thing. Yeah, there's an episode where uh, only, Ron Swanson. Yeah, I can only assume it's Ron Swanson related if it's meat related. And it's so. and it's versus Chris Traeger. Okay. Is a uh, Rob Lowe's health nut character. Yes. And uh, Rob Lowe is. I'm gonna make you the best burger you've ever had in your life without, and it's not gonna have meat in it. It's gonna be the best burger ever. And then Ron Swanson is just like, here is beef on a bun. And <laughs> everyone was like, this is the best thing I've ever had in my life. And yeah, simple is better. I, I have sometimes. a feeling. I'm t- th- this might be where this ends up. I'm gonna tell you because I'm gonna make the buns myself. And make t- everything's gonna be from scratch, and you're gonna enjoy it. You're gonna like. I, it. I have heard that. I have heard that your buns are an expertise of yours. I do. I do. I make beautiful buns. I do. Uh, they're my favorite thing to did, make. Did honestly, you ever, did you ever get an answer on? Uh, you know, after award season, I know you tweeted out about uh, who had the best donk of the year. Uh, the best yams. Uh, the best, best yams. I know we we ruled out. Uh, we ruled out the juiciest caboose. Robbie Ray. Um, Robbie Ray, he was a, he isn't necessarily ruled out. It's just like the pants give him an advantage. I think he's cheating. I think he's cheating. It's not cheating. It's just I mean, he's they are doing him favors. It's not. I wouldn't call it it's cheating like, necessarily. You're 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 boosting your case by wearing pants like that. 
Um, he's basically wearing Spanx. Like, come on, he's that, cheating. If you want, submit that. If you have, if you have a nominee for best, uh, for uh, juiciest donk, best caboose in, in the majors, feel free to submit that to our mailbag, uh, and we'll consider it. And maybe we'll do an award at some point um <laughs> but uh i think that's all we have for our board bets and obviously like i, I really don't think this is an actual what consequence for one, you what did, what did you have to do i forget i don't even because i had wrote that i wrote this off very early in the oh, year i had to write a jd davis piece oh yeah that would have been you're nice gonna, you're gonna make me write a jd davis piece which is like yeah i don't know was it jd davis or just like a player of my choosing no you said jd davis initially you might Uh have changed it after the fact to say like just any mets player essentially that i would have to write about but i mean uh yeah but yes we did just talk about rookie of the year so let's actually talk about some of the rookies from 2021 and who we're buying into and who we're kind of fading and like honestly most of these i think that i'm basically on board with you for almost all of them schwebzy the ones that you put down and then i put down a few of my own as well um yeah let's yeah, start with so ryan hayes who we just talked about how many of these rookies from 2021 did we pull up the adp for and both of us were like wow that's high yeah like almost many. all of them right many yes now i don't know if that's because we are still kind of in hype season because the season just ended and we're all still excited for these rookies we haven't had uh, we haven't had time for the you know the off season to take effect. Exactly. Yep. Um, our ADP data right now is coming from NFC, NFBC, which is mostly the people drafting right now are like you know your your ba- fantasy baseball lifers, like your really really invested people, the very hardcore so folks. I think, yeah. Yeah, I, I think the uh, the sleepers are rising in ADP as everyone wants to like stake their claim and plant their flag on these players so yeah yeah like cabrian hayes who i listed as someone that i'm buying is at 141 adp right now which is a high considering the year he just had again did not get a rookie of the year vote a single vote yeah so where, where was jonathan india going about 40 spots higher yeah so you think someone who had like a full season of production was very, very good, um, only going 40 picks ahead of someone who had a largely injury plague season. Like we have seen what Cabrian Hayes could do in like a very short sample in 2020, obviously. But like the fact that he is that high surprised me a little bit. I know that like, again, this should be stated that there's not a ton of drafts to pull from with these samples. And the as you get further like lower in, or sorry higher in adp like deeper into the draft the goalposts on like minimum and maximum picks set widens a little bit so i know that like some of these numbers especially because the numbers of drafts that it's pulling from isn't that high could be a little bit skewed based off of how wide those goalposts are but i do i expect a lot of these adps to change drastically in you know four months oh absolutely there's i mean we're we're gonna be operating with so much more information at that point right like we're gonna have spring training stuff to kind of pull from too uh it's gonna be yeah. right so like if if cabrian's adp stays here he's not even going to be in in the deep range so i no. you know i might not be able to talk about him any further i just wanted to point him out as someone that i do still believe in um as we mentioned a few minutes ago wrist injuries are uh happened to uh 
he suffered from wrist and hand injuries and wrist and hand injuries are brutal for players particularly for their power output yeah absolutely and the thing that was so enticing about Cabrian Hayes's 2020 offensive profile was that he paired a really strong hard hit rate with a really strong zone contact rate so he was putting the bat on the ball constantly and when he did he hit it hard so 2021 saw decreases in both of those alongside a decrease in uh sorry an increase in ground ball rate bad combination of things so we're hoping that he elevates a little bit more we're hoping that he gets back to his 2020 form or at least closer to it uh i'm still a believer i you know he's got one more year before i kind of start really fading him that's fair Uh, and other than that we're going to kind of focus on guys who are like 250 and later in these earlier drafts yeah the next closest one we would have after brian hayes is almost exactly 100 picks later at 242 we have joe adele here as well uh i'm iffy on joe adele uh any earlier than this but i i I think this uh, right around like pick like 220 230 is where i'd start entertaining taking him so i actually feel kind of okay about this um obviously we know that we know what the ceiling is we've seen the ceiling uh we know what his minor league uh profile was uh and the prospect pedigree there shrubsy why do you like him at 242 uh the Sky high prospect pedigree is nice, of course. We saw a six percent plus drop in strikeout percentage from last year to this year. Sorry, I'm I'm sorry that I'm looking at his minor league numbers. Excuse me, I have to sneeze and it's driving me insane right now. Do it, get it out, buddy. Nope, trying to hold it back. Um, so actually, uh, from 2020 to 2021, we saw an almost 20 percent decrease in strikeout rate. Which, mm. you know, relatively small sample size both seasons, but that is, a, you know, a, a major gain. The walk rate still leaves a lot to be desired, but he's always had the tools to be a productive major league hitter. Uh, you know, he's got a three home run game uh, in his career in, you know, the uh, 70 or so games that he's played. The, I, I just think that this is the kind of player that I would want to snag in like the 20 plus round range because he's one of the players in that 20 plus round range that could wind up being like a top five round pick as soon as next year. Yeah. So he is currently according to roster resource slotted in to be in the seven spot in the lineup next year. Um, obviously with a healthy trout ahead of him, a healthy, Oh, there it is. There it is. There he goes. Uh, yeah, with like a healthy Trout and a healthy Otani, obviously next year that offense is going to look a lot better. I, I would hope. Um, and if he can show out a little bit in spring training and then early in the season, there's a possibility that he creeps up right behind them in the lineup, and that will allow him for some more opportunities in terms of RBIs. So, I mean, I do like Joe Adele here. I think that like pretty much any earlier than this, like around like two twenty, two ten. I probably wouldn't be interested, but like at 242, I think I can entertain taking him for sure. Right. Um, I'm I'm not drafting him with the intent of him being a starter no, in any league. No. I'm not relying on him. No, exactly. Um and then after that we have our in the deep mascot favorite, Bobby Dalbeck, at 257. Uh there was some encouraging stuff near 
there was some encouraging stuff similar to Adele here. There, there was some encouraging stuff. I think it was in September specifically. It was like the month that he completely went wild in terms of reducing his strikeout rate. And his strikeout rate in the second half was much lower than his first half strikeout rate. So it, it kind of bounced around. But like the, the thing that I like to keep in my head when thinking about Bobby Dalbeck, the, the thing that makes me particularly high on him is that, you know, he's got in his major league career 550-ish plate appearances and, you know, a little less than a full season. And he's already had two stretches of like a month where he was among the best hitters in baseball. Yeah. Like the upside is tantalizing. If he like, so in his rookie year or, or, uh, you know, his, his first real run in 2020, he put up a 152 WRC plus in nearly a hundred plate appearances, which is awesome. And he did that in spite of a 42 strikeout percentage, not sustainable. Then this year, he had that stretch in, I believe it was August, I want to say. Oh, was it August? Yeah, okay. it was August. That's what I was thinking. Yes. So he hit 340 with seven home runs because he yeah. cut his strikeout rate a bit that month. Like, I, the, I, I just love the power potential here. I think he's got as much power potential as anybody in baseball, which is why we call him Bobby K. Dingers. And... I'm seeing a trend already where waiting on first baseman might wind up being fashionable this year. And if that winds up being a thing, Bobby Ding- Bobby K. Dingers is one of my favorite late round targets for first base. If I don't wind up with like a CJ Crone. Yeah, he's like a good backup option for me. Um, I don't think that I want to take Bobby Dalbeck necessarily as my first, uh, my starting first baseman, obviously especially when you're picking him at like around pick 257 right now. But I mean, that offensive composition for the Red Sox is just so, so, so good that there's going to be opportunities to drive in runs. And like you said, the power potential is there and it's really tantalizing. I I absolutely did that in the pitcher list mock draft that we had. I wound up with Bobby Dalbeck as my first baseman. (laughs) Well, you got to take our boys. You got to represent the pod when you're doing that sort of stuff. Um... Yeah, and then after that, a few picks later, uh, 11 picks later at 268 currently is Lane Thomas, who was kind of a surprise for a lot of people this year. I know that he, rav- I watched him ravage the the Brewers for a series earlier this year at American Family Field. Um, Shrubsy, you put Lane Thomas down. Why do you like Lane Thomas so much? Uh, because he is a former St. Louis Cardinals outfielder, and all of them are good. <laughs> I mean, uh, a la Randy Rosarena. This is John Nagowski. John Nagowski, who's now, <laughs> hey, who is now on our probably our, I mean the team that kept kept this podcast afloat for the entire 2021 season, basically uh, the San Francisco Giants. He's now in their AAA oh, system. Oh, we'll get to that. Yeah, we will. Um, but no, L- Lane Thomas uh, spent basically the entirety of his Washington National tenure, actually kind of doing a decent Jonathan India impression, where the second they made him the leadoff hitter. He just absolutely took off, yeah. And he was uh, he was among the best players in all of fantasy baseball, basically th- since the second he got installed into that uh, lineup spot. Yeah, I mean, he was. And uh, you know, we know who he's hitting in front of. Yeah, being able to hit in front of Juan Soto makes uh, run scoring opportunities oh, pretty I plentiful. Oh, I meant Escobar. Oh, sorry. Excuse me. Yes, Bofa. Bofa alert here. Uh, 
with Elsie Escobar, who had a very, the most valuable lineup. He had a strange. He had a strangely good year too. He did, which was which was fantastic. The most to valuable see, lineup spot in baseball, right in front of Escobar. <laughs> yeah. So, uh, yeah, but yeah, the combination of like lineup spot along with just playing time is going to be super bountiful for him if he can continue to hit in front of uh absolute powerhouse lcds escobar and then obviously like some guy named juan soto so i like lane thomas Oop. there as well pretty cheap outfield option later in drafts uh another really 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 late option for outfielders later in drafts yeah, which deep. currently i mean going pick 484 on average but he's going to be starting at least as of now without any free agent pickups right. happening uh obviously yeah, there's this a, is pending off season there's, there's stuff. a lot that can happen be- between now and the start of the next season uh and that's tyrone taylor for the brewers um showed quite a bit of pop when he did get opportunities i think he hit the longest home run uh for the brewers like he's got pretty good uh max exit velo numbers um plays average good enough defense um when he's out on the field uh but at pick 484 you got someone who's in a lineup every single day there's lots of prospects that may not even get a full season, maybe not even like half a season that are getting picked before him speculatively at this point. Um, and I expect Tyrone Taylor's ADP to rise a bit before draft season ends uh, in March, but it's not. I mean, I don't expect him to clear the 300 mark or anything like that. He's not going to be anywhere near people starting lineups. I mean, you, you've heard, I, I have said this to you on several occasions. I in my NL only league, I was just I I had my eye on Taylor all year long, mm-hmm. waiting and hoping for him to get regular plate appearances. But obviously, El Garcia was so good, and Kristen Yelich exists, so he yep. just never got the opportunity. Yeah, and- Although, you, you know, I mean, with with Lorenzo Cain's injury history and Jackie Bradley Jr. being Jackie Bradley Jr., like there, I mean, he might get opportunities still even uh you know he'll even still, if he'll get a quote, spot, full he'll get outfield a, he'll get a spot start here and there regardless like he's going to throughout the yeah. year him and like obviously like jace peterson is also someone who is going to get plenty of opportunities to jace peterson more so in the infield than the outfield i would assume uh but overall i think like right now with tyron taylor being at this point almost a lock for that starting lineup and going at 484 it seems kind of he, he's falling a bit too far in my opinion there is power yeah, potential I, there with him yeah taylor was like low-key really good this year yeah so uh next up the one that i obviously put down because i'm very on brand at all times is lamont wade jr going at 295 currently we we've waxed poetic about this i'm not going to spend a super long time talking about lamont wade jr and the fact that i mean he's a strong side platoon guy for a team that just composition wise puts out a ton of offense is very very good um He's going to be hitting fourth, probably, or he's going to be hitting near the top of that lineup pretty much the entire season unless something goes wildly wrong. And I'm going to take that all day. Uh, I don't know why he's still almost at pick 300. I think he should be a little bit higher than this. And I'm not saying he's supposed to be like in every single starting lineup forever, but I think he showed enough last year that he should be pushed up a little bit higher on people's draft boards. Yeah. Well, drafting Giants players is not for the faint of heart. It is not. With the exception of a few of them who we know are going to be in there every day. Exactly. But like, you know, drafting like Mustella or uh, Wade or God, any outfielder awesome that is in Yeah. 
Yeah, Slater, Ruff. Well, even like Yastrzemski might even get platooned. We don't even know at this point. He, yeah, he was pretty. He wasn't that great this year. Yeah. Yeah. So I mean, they're gonna go with the lineup that's gonna do the best job at winning them games, and they did a great job at at this past year winning 106. So like, I'm not. I'm. I mean. <sighs> Well, I get why he is still close to pick 300 in most people's minds. I think he should get pushed up around like 250. Yeah. You have to know what you're getting yourself into. And yeah. you, you have to be willing to do the work to get the most out of Lamont Way Jr. and other Giants players. Yeah, the juice is only really worth the squeeze if you're willing to do the work with Giants players. Mm-hmm. So uh, keep that in mind when you're drafting any Giants platoon bats this year. Uh, and then I think the last one we have here for folks that were buying into at their ADP current ADP for this year is Bailey Ober. The only pitcher on our uh buying list because for for reasons that we'll explain shortly. True. I mean Ober Ober this past year did what he does has done like pretty much for his entire minor league career too. He throws a ton of strikes. He fills up the strike zone and the fastball was pretty good and pairs it with a good slider. I mean he looked much better as the season went on, too. He's he's like the only rookie pitcher that isn't currently being overrated. Over, you're never going to miss an opportunity to make a pun, are you? This man. Absolutely never. Sorry, I'm going to type but, something real quick. Yeah, sure. It, like, Ober has his really interesting fastball. Like, it's, it, it's not quite like Joe Ryan, who we're going to get to as a fellow rookie hurler for uh, for the Twins. But his he he's like super tall he comes in with a really uh interesting angle and the fastball just does work when he can locate it that the question for him is you know along with a lot of guys with kind of underwhelming stuff is can he continue to locate it i will say that like the x stats aren't super impressive on ober and that is kind of concerning like he kind of got a little bit lucky in some areas this year for sure um, I mean, I will say, though, the one thing that I do like is that I think that you can work on like location and stuff, especially with someone who has as good of command as he does. And like he's walking less than two batters per nine. He's striking out more than nine. Like as a as a pitcher, especially that late in the draft, like I'm pretty happy taking someone like that. And like you said, the fastball is pretty interesting. He's a tall dude. I think he utilizes and squeezes the most out of his arsenal that he can. Um, mm-hmm. And I'm fine snagging him at 310. As like a backup pitcher, I, I, I'm I'm gonna mention this later on, but strikeout to walk uh, ratio is, or or strikeout percentage to walk percentage is one of my favorite quick stats to look at for pitchers, and Ober is awesome at that. Yeah, hundred um, percent. But yeah, and then we've got a few names here that were also fading. I take issue, I think, with maybe one of these names um yeah i i think all of these fades are things that i wrote so i'll i'll go i'll are. forge ahead with this yeah go ahead feel free to disagree where you want so dylan carlson is currently being drafted at 145 which is roughly round 12 ish <coughs> excuse me well, yeah one four, one, 140 water. it would be that would be the first pick of round 13 i believe yeah so the reason that I'm kind of fading him personally is that he's just like, he's fine. I, I think he's one of those guys that falls into the better real life player than fantasy player uh, buckets. 
So he's kind of one of those jack of all trades, uh, pretty good at everything, not great at any one particular thing. And that doesn't, there's a point where that becomes really valuable in fantasy. I don't quite think Dylan Carlson gets there. Like right now, um, Alex Verdugo is right behind him in ADP. I'd rather have Verdugo like 10 times out of 10. Like if, if Carlson's not going to run, then he just becomes really uninteresting to me in fantasy. He's in a, in an abysmal hitters park, even if it is a decent lineup. I, I just can't really get excited for Carlson. I, I just don't really see what the upside is here. I don't see him hitting 30 home runs. I don't see him stealing 10 bases. I don't see him hitting 300. He's just kind of eh, all around. Yeah, I mean, he showed a ton of improvement between his first taste of the majors and his second taste of the majors, right? Like, he, I mean, his poise in coming back up and actually improving his approach when he came back for his second run at the majors was really, really good, I think. And then also, I mean, hitting in front of Nolan Arenado and Paul Goldschmidt, or sorry, behind uh, Nolan Arenado and Paul Goldschmidt is going to provide probably ample opportunity for you to get RBIs. I'm kind of interested, Carlson. At 145, it's borderline for me, but I don't think I hate it. I don't think I would completely fade him at that point, depending on the comp- composition of my team up to that point. Um, it'll just be dependent on what hap- dependent on what happens earlier in the draft. So that's fair. But uh, and then have, 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 that doesn't re- that doesn't change my mind too much. Like I don't think, yeah, I'm I'm still pretty out on him. That's fair. But uh, Dalton Varsho is another guy I have here. Remember last year when everyone inflated Dalton Varsho's draft stock so much this and is... he went way earlier than we expected? Yeah, this is another and one. And then he was abysmal. I agree with you on this one. So this this one's going to there, there's going to be like no pushback for me on this one. Like, I mean, I was a person who reached pretty hard on Varsho in a few different drafts and got punished pretty hard for it. Um, there was all this thought. I was like, oh, wow, it's a catcher who can steal bases. Ah, yay. Um, it didn't. He didn't steal that many bases. He didn't steal that many bases at all. No. Even when he was doing really well. And he's going to retain. Right, so is he going to retain catcher eligibility coming into this year in most leagues? I think it depends on it's going to depend on your league setting. Yeah. I don't think he got enough games where it's like a no brainer. Yeah. So depending on like what league you're in, he might not have catcher eligibility. I mean, that would be the only time I would be willing to even reach for him remotely, and it wouldn't be at 104, which is what his current ADP is at. Um, I don't know. Yeah. There's... What what you're going what you're going to hear from analysts this off season is that he's catcher eligible and plays the outfield, so that means he's going to play a lot. Um, it's a it's a bad team, so they you know, are going to want to see what they've gotten him. Uh, he had his really good stretch at the end of last year. I used to be really out on him because everything he had ever done in the minor, uh, in the majors was completely abysmal. Yeah. He, d- he has moved me a bit. I I no longer think he's the worst player in the league. So, you know, good, happy for him. Uh, just, there's no way I'm paying that price in a draft i i'm uh, you know right around pick 100 that's absolutely wild you will not catch me drafting him there all right and then the other one that we have written down here is akil badu which i it really i mean there's so it's so league dependent with akil badu i know that like early in the year he had like the crazy walk rates 
Mm-hmm. Wait, wait, did he strike out a bunch and then flip it to walk rate to a high walk rate? And he, then was he it hit the a bunch of dingers right away? Yes, that's what it was. And then he walked a ton. Yep. And then he did a little bit of everything. Okay. And was so the reason that I am out on Badoo is not because I doubt the production. It's because I don't know what I'm drafting if I draft to kill Badoo. Anytime I'm drafting anybody in a fantasy draft, the pick has a purpose. It's because I think they're going to do a particular thing. I have no idea what I'd be getting out of Badoo. It's probably going to wind up being okay. I don't know if it's going to wind up being worth a 160-ish draft pick. But I have a, you know, I think he'll produce like double digit home runs and steals. Do I think he's going to be better than like Robbie Grossman? I don't know. I don't think so. I like, um, unless he sees a breakthrough somewhere. So yeah, it's just like, I, is, is he going to go 15, 15, or is he going to go 10, 20 in one direction or the other? Like, I think he's fine if he's like your fifth outfielder. I do not want him to be my outfielder in a 12-teamer. Yeah, I can understand that. I mean, he had 13 home runs and 18 stolen bases this year over 461 plate appearances. That's pretty good for that point in the draft, I feel like, especially when you're looking for stolen bases. It shows that he has that intent. Um, I don't feel terrible about taking him here um, with like a nearly 10% walk rate and a 26.5% K percentage, which isn't that crazy uh in today's game i don't feel terrible about him at this spot honestly i don't think that i'm completely out on him yes you said that it feels like you don't know what you're getting with him but he's also going to be a strong side platoon bat who's going to be leading off for detroit and i know there's a lot of talk right now about carlos correa signing there too so that offense might see a little bit of a little bit of a bump from him as well um so maybe there's a chance for him to score more runs when he's in the lineup I don't know. There, there's a lot that's still up in the air. Obviously, this is the danger in drafting so early is that you really don't know what you're doing. You just have to take your best educated guess and run with it. So, I mean, well, I uh, I feel okay about the dude one sixty. Actually, I thought that it was I thought that it was going to agree with you on this, but I feel like I actually am leaning into Akil Badu a little bit. So, one other thing that has me out on him in general is just that he is a Detroit Tiger. Yeah. Um, do you, do you remember before uh, Castellanos got traded to Cincinnati? Like what he was like in, in Detroit? Um, Actually, I really don't. Yeah, so many doubles, not many dingers. Uh, and his every like we, we were all waiting for the breakout, like waiting for his production to meet his, you know, what, what, what his bat could actually do. Yeah. And, uh, we didn't really see that until he went to Chicago and then Cincinnati. Um, you know, like it, it's a power suppressing ballpark. He's going to play 80 games there and then he's going to play another, you know, 10 games in Kansas city, which is another abysmal pitching park. So you're talking like close to a hundred games already where it's just really abysmal parks for, uh, for hitting for power. Yeah. So I, I wouldn't project him for 20 home runs. I mean, even if he doesn't hit the 20 home runs, though, I'm looking more at the stolen base totals is where he's going to help you out, too, because yeah. getting steals that late is a really nice... It's well, it's a nice steal, one, ah. one might say. Um, but yeah, uh, and then... Yeah. I mean, if, if you're only gunning for stolen bases, sure, but yeah. also if you're only gunning for stolen bases, 
um i i would rather get harrison bader 70 picks later well, that's probably fair um i like like that i <laughs> i i'm gonna wind up talking about him a lot this offseason because i think bader's adp is way too low we'll see where it ends up by the by the spring though it might change as, yeah. as the season goes on um and then I guess, I mean, there's a lot of rookie pitchers that we thought were probably getting elevated a bit too high. And, uh, I know that one for me that was very disappointing is seeing how Aaron Ashby got pushed up the list. I can't remember exactly what his ADP was, but like... It's like 250 or something. It, no, it was higher than that. 240? No. His minimum pick was set at like 160. So Yeah, yeah but it, it was a pretty... It was a wide range. And that's the thing. A lot of these have very wide ranges. Um, I, I should have actually like you know, done the smart thing and actually like written down which pitchers we saw that were uh, like Joe, had inflated ADPs. Joe Ryan was one that Joe we Ryan, that we mentioned yeah, earlier. That was a big one. Um, is like Joe Ryan is the, getting drafted way higher than I expected. He's like in the low hundreds, like one twenty, one thirty, somewhere in there. I think if I remember right. Um, uh, Logan Logan Gilbert is much higher than I expected. Um, even like like, uh, do do you think McClanahan is a top hundred pick? A top 100 pick? Because that's right around... He's getting drafted right around 100. At 101 currently with an average pick of 100. Um, oh, man. He's getting... Okay, I'm trying to think it in terms of what pitchers are right around him. Like, Shane McClanahan is getting drafted ahead of... The next closest are Pablo Lopez and Carlos Rodon. And then right ahead of him is Jordan Romano. Because the closers are a thing. And then, what else? Trevor Rogers. Is just ahead of him as well. Will Smith. Ugh. The idea of taking um, Will Smith before Shane McClanahan <laughs> kind of irks me. But um, I would much rather have Rogers than McClanahan. I actually. Uh, okay. I mean, yeah. Nick, I, I, would, uh, I would say the same. Like Nick and I talked about this because I took Trevor Rogers as my second starting pitcher in the pitcherless mock draft, and uh, I, I think Nick said to me, "Like, really, you're taking Rogers? Like, with, with McClanahan on the board still?" But well, Nick's also Nick is particularly high. Yeah, Nick is notoriously high in the on McClanahan. Like he, yeah, he's a McClanistan, if you will. Yeah, he sure is. Yeah, but uh, but yeah, plenty the McClanahan of fan club. Oh God, let's stop. Let's 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 no more of these. Um, actually, no, that's perfect time. Uh, something we forgot to do last the time. Clan. Oh no, 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 no. No more. Uh, something that we forgot to do the last time we recorded is we actually have ads on the podcast now. So we're going to step away for just a moment to uh, have a word from one of our sponsors. Hey, Alex Fast here. And thanks for listening to this podcast on the Pitcher List Podcast Network. If you're a fan, consider supporting all of us by getting a PL Plus subscription where you're going to get an ad free website and get access to our Discord where you can talk to all of our podcast hosts and staff. Plus, you can hang out with our incredible Pitcher List community. It's basically a baseball sanctuary year round for as low as $8 a month. You can sign up at pitcherlist.com backslash plus and you're going to get your first month free with promo code podcast also don't forget to check out everything else we do as well from youtube videos live streams newsletters off-season articles tiktoks breakdowns over 15 baseball podcasts on our network we can't stop talking about baseball even during the off-season so sign up for pl plus today at pitcherlist.com backslash plus and use promo code podcast to get your first month free all right thanks for listening let's get back to the show and we're back. Awesome. Uh, so 
here to kind of like close out the episode, we just wanted to have a little last episode before Thanksgiving time spent talking about who we are thankful for in the fantasy baseball community and what we're thankful for in the fantasy baseball community, whether it's resources, people that we've met and interact with, uh, players and teams specifically, and then also just like some of our personal stuff that we're thankful for. Um, Schwabzi, what in your mind are some resources that you're thankful for in fantasy baseball? Yeah, so I know you you and I mostly look at the same stuff. Yeah. Uh, so we're gonna we we have overlap here. Uh, when I'm looking at hitters, I'm I'm always the first thing I'm looking at is baseball savant. A hundred percent of the time. Yeah. Uh, I'm sure if you're if you're a listener here, you've you've heard of baseball savant and uh, have at the very least looked at like the player pages. But the layers involved in Baseball Savant are just, it's incredible. The, the sheer amount of data there on every single player, every single pitch, it's staggering. And you can dive in as far as you want into it to, to really like get a granular look at players and, and pitches. It's just, it's unreal. Yeah. Like, I'm so glad that Savant has, you know, come into the baseball consciousness in the last couple of years. Yeah. And then also, obviously, like being run by folks actually at MLB it's going to be really great and i just really enjoy there's a lot of stuff that's really hard to communicate through words which i'm doing a really poor job of right now <laughs> but <laughs> there's a lot of great visuals available on the site too to kind of like demonstrate yes. things that are sometimes hard to actually explain to folks who may not have as much of a perspective as you do on the subject so and, i mean one of the things that we need to do as quote heavy quotes analysts yes is we like when we are explaining what a player is doing to the public like we we need to explain it in a way that's easily understood and one of the easiest ways to do that baseball savant because you can turn basically anything into a graphic exactly um and then obviously there's like sites like i mean the, my personal i think my favorite thing to look at ever because i love looking at pictures is alex chambers Alex Chamberlain's uh, pitch leaderboard. Uh, there's just yes. so much great info on there, and I know that Alex has like very some like different stuff than you'll see on like Fangraphs or different stuff that you'll see than you'll see on Baseball Savant. And the calculations for some of the stats that you find on there are slightly like calculated slightly differently than you'll find on Baseball Savant and on other sites. Um, and also, Alex is a really active member of the community, so you can just like tweet at him and he will answer questions about stuff or DM him. He's usually fantastic about getting back to you about stuff. Um, I know that a couple of weeks ago when I was doing research for my Aaron Ashby piece, I realized that his formula for the ground ball rate on the pitch leaderboard was broken because it wasn't showing the correct ground ball rate because the difference between that and baseball savants was like 20 plus percent or something like that. And within like 30 minutes, he got back to me and said, oh, yeah, dang, and then fixed it. <laughs> so, I mean, having folks like that that are super responsive in the community and also provide such great tools for us is always really nice to have. So shout out to Alex for that. Yeah, Alex, Alex is a great dude. And like his pitch leaderboard is the answer to the question. Oh, this thing I want isn't on Baseball Savant. Where can I find it? Almost it's on the all, pitch leaderboard. Almost probably. always. Yeah. Also, luckily, because I mean, obviously, you can find the stuff on the pitcher list site as well. But like looking for CSW, it's also incorporated into the pitch leaderboard. So it's really easy to find there. Um, just tons of really, really good stuff to find. And obviously, like the pitcher list site 
on like a pitcher by pitcher basis with the gifts and everything like that so you can see a visual representation of each pitch is also super nice to have so i mean yeah there's there's so many resources out there that i think we're really really fortunate to have yes um and then like obviously like i just talked about alex a little bit but there's like other people that we have to thank and that we're thankful for obviously like nick pollock for providing the platform of pitcher list and giving like allowing us to do a show just imagine period. letting us have a show imagine giving these two morons these absolute buffoons a show i'm very thankful for the biggest mistake nick has ever made <laughs> we're the mistake um it's yeah it's just really it's it's nice to have a platform just kind of like we can still like be ourselves and we have full creative control over what we make which is really really nice we can we don't we're not really following a super strict regiment of exactly what we have to do week to week so that's really really nice um so i'm thankful for being able to make a show that we actually really really like and also getting to spend time with schwebsy every week which is really really nice too um and yeah, then and uh so i'm i'm a moderator in the pitcherless discord yes and uh nick has recently made the decision to make me the head moderator there and this um, is true Honestly, I'm 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 thankful for that because now people are forced to be my friend, which I, I need really. <laughs> Mandatory friendship only for Schwebzy. I mean, that's the only yeah, reason that we yeah. hang out is because Nick stuck us together to do the podcast, right? Um, right. Normally, I'm incredibly repelling. <laughs> uh, and then, oh, also podcast stuff. Uh, other people that were really important in developing the podcast. Obviously, we had Trevor Huth, who was initially the podcast manager for the Pitcherless Podcast Network when it launched. Um, was really helpful and gave us some feedback early on. And then also now with Adam Howe taking over, the host of On The Wire with Kevin Hastings, a great dude, gives really, really good feedback on the podcast and has been doing a great job running the show since Hooth left. I mean, uh, both of them really, really, really helpful in making the podcast what it is, which is a little bit less of uh, an absolute nightmare every single week. Darn it, Hooth. Dang it, Hooth. Um, and then I guess more like pitcher list stuff, like adjacent stuff is like the people that we've met through the discord and also just like in general on like fantasy baseball, Twitter, um, through like joining pitcher list. I know for me personally, there's like a lot of people that I like a ton and have become friends with and appreciate a bunch in this community. I, the, the cadre of like really badass people, badass women, especially like writers and podcasters who I've been really lucky to interact with, mostly over like Twitter, aka the Bird app. Uh, mostly I'm thinking of people like Keelan, Janice, Crystal, and Colleen of the Estrogen Power Hour podcast over at Southside Socks. Uh, our first ever guest, Shelly Verstraight, who's fantastic. Only. Yeah, first and only guest, which we're going to have more soon. It's going to happen. Um, Maybe it's gonna yeah, happen it's gonna be shelly again it's gonna no, it's not gonna be shelly again for first second and only <laughs> uh and then also folks like nicole cahill who writes like really great articles and really brings to light a lot of like mental health issues and like brings that to the forefront of the discussion within the community and like everything that each of them does is so unique and really important for the baseball community at large and they are all infinitely more intelligent and funny than i am and it's just which by association makes them way more intelligent and funny than me yes because exactly. we, we all know the hierarchy here that is not 
we'll 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 glaze over that. No, that's we'll, we'll come to we'll, we'll come back to that conversation after we're done recording. But like, <laughs> it's just really great to have people like that in the community. I mean, I don't know. We're really fortunate to have people uh, who are willing to stand up for each other and also advocate for things that should be advocated for more often because this is a very a uh, homogenous space full of a lot of dudes all the time. And it's nice to have other voices in the area. So, yeah. And I mean, on, on top of Twitter, you know, we have PitcherList itself and are the PitcherList community. We, what, what do we do like five nights of the week? We hang out with people that we've met through the PitcherList discord. Like we get, we, they, we hang out, talk, talk about life, play games, just generally chill with each other on discord. I I call I I've I've I have phone calls with Yancey and Malika like usually every couple of weeks I'll talk to them on the phone. I mean I'm thinking of folks like Eleven K, uh, Josh Sperry, uh, Mikey Ahedo, uh, Deb, Chris Turner, uh, and then of course you Schwebzy getting stuck with you was one of the best things that My happened. Um, but like there's just so many people that over the course of the past year, like if I'm just like, I'm going to get like kind of real for a second, like the past year personally has been a really turbulent one for me, like on a family level, on like a personal professional level, it's been a lot. And all the people that I've met through picture list have given me something to look forward to when things have been like really, really crummy. And it means a lot to me. So. I didn't, I didn't realize things were hard. I never listen when you start talking about that stuff. <laughs> you suck, man. <laughs> God. No, I'm, I'm really, has, I'm really has, glad that has heartfelt moment. <laughs> Schwebzy. What? No, I'm, I'm really glad that it, it, we, and, and the, you know, uh, the discord, the, our, our friend group and everything. I'm really glad that we can help you out, provide for that for you. Yeah. The level of support that I've received um, from folks in the fantasy baseball community period has just been like overwhelming. Like I get way more support than I ever expected. So uh, in a in a kind of similar vein, I am the most antisocial person in the world. You will say this I think. all the time. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, and I left my comfort zone to both, you know, travel to Milwaukee to meet Jordan and some of my other friends. Yep. I went to Boston with Nick Pollock, Ben Brown, uh, a few of our community members, uh, Natan from uh, Pitcher List. Uh, you know, from the community, we had uh, oh, D- Dave Chairman was there. I'm, I'm sure I'm forgetting people. I'm going to horribly insult someone by forgetting them. But uh, and it, you know, a- as a normally antisocial person, I was ex- I was dreading it. And like we took these trips, and I'm like, huh, you know, maybe the maybe like being social and friendly is is not so bad. Which you know, I I can't give any higher praise because you know they they uh so you know hanging out with these people has kind of rattled my world to you a little it's been such a good experience so i'm I'm very thankful for what the last year has brought into my life schwebzy is coming out of his cage and he's been doing just fu- <laughs> anyways um no i hate i still hate most most people it's just there's I, I like a few more now we've shown him the mr bright side of things um <laughs> anyways uh but just like i mean beyond the baseball stuff and the pitcherless stuff obviously just like we're really happy for like our family and our friends that we made uh, through all of this. And then also like a big thank you 
to all the folks that actually like listen to the podcast and provide feedback and interact with us on Twitter, send us mailbag questions and stuff like like it's it's really meaningful and it's it, it blows me away when people actually will like DM on Twitter, either like myself or Schwebzy or like to the official account and say like, hey, this thing that you did or said on the podcast, I did it and it really, really helped my team or just like. I really appreciated the perspective you had on this player so on and so forth, or like you changed my mind on someone like that sort of stuff. While it's not like super duper frequent necessarily when it does happen, it has a more positive effect than you could ever know. Honestly, like that's a really, that's a really big mood booster. Cause like we do this stuff because we love to do it. Obviously we want to help people out and knowing that we do help people on occasion <laughs> is, uh, it's really uplifting for us. Yeah, no, uh, two two things for our listeners. One, thank you. Um, I'm I'm. Uh, well, two, why? Um, I don't know why anyone would want to listen. To, this is why I assume it's all uh, like I know Jordan's carrying this because I can't imagine anyone would want to listen to me for a whole hour. So Trubsy. yeah, it just it blows me away, ah, buddy. Yes. <laughs> You have you have very very good. Uh oh god, sorry, I just completely messed up that sentence. I was going to say you have a very very good analytical brain when it comes to looking at fantasy baseball players. And if we're being completely honest here, who won like most of their leagues last year? Uh, not I. It would be one Christopher Schwebsy Weber. That's the re- that that's the result of carefully curating my leagues and who I play with so I can pick pick on people who aren't good fantasy. It's it's like it's like it's like that commercial where Giancarlo Stanton goes and uh hits yeah. at a little league game and just hits an absolute tank off like a twelve year old. Yeah. Um no, that's why that's why I joined that league with you. Are you saying that <laughs> are you saying that I'm a bad fantasy baseball player? Because honestly sometimes I feel like it pretty bad this past year. I was not good this past year, folks. Anyways, um but yeah, I mean, other than that, I think we'll wrap up this Thanksgiving episode by saying thank you for joining us once again for another episode of In the Deep. We appreciate it. Uh, once again, if you'd like to follow us on social media, get updates when we're going to be releasing new episodes, eventually when the stream comes back online, everything like that, you can follow us on our shared account at In the Deep PL. And then you can also follow Schwebzy and I individually at Schwebzy, that's S-H-W-E-B-S-I, and myself at Bunt Singles. Uh, you can send us mailbag questions at in the dpl at gmail.com. And we'll be back in another couple of weeks with another episode. On that note, Schwebzy, send them out. Bye, friends. Bye.